0: Hello and welcome to the We Watch, Rewatch podcast, a podcast with a group of sisters that get together and discuss old shows that we loved. I'm Angelie. I'm Sherlyn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, who's going next? I'm Corinne. <laughs> I'm
2: Sherlyn. <Cheryl> <laughs> and, uh, and today we're talking about That 70
0: Show Season 1, Episode 14, Stolen Car. Before we start, how was
2: everybody's week? I mean, pretty good. So this week, one of our sisters had a baby.
0: Yeah, we're so excited for her. Congratulations! She's not here.
2: Yeah, she just had a baby, so it's, it's fine that she's not here. <laughs> yeah, she needs a break.
1: Uh, we've just been figuring out what we want. What we want to do with uh, my car. Not like we're in in any rush, but just like, okay, do we want to get the because our AC probably needs fixing soon, but it's okay. Do we want to take it in for this, for that? Do we want to put a down payment here? Like it's ooh, so possibly. No, car-ish. not quite. Not okay, quite. Okay. But there's the maybe car issues. Everything still runs fine. We just need to start thinking and planning for the maintenance. Yeah. That's gotcha. all. Things to do, what to do next with it. Mhm. What you been up to, Corinne?
2: So, me and my husband actually watched Oppenheimer last night. So we went to the movies. Oh, you actually left the house without a child. It was fantastic. I'm so, so happy for
0: you. Um, I don't know what that life is. Right. So far, I'm here without a child because my husband has my baby.
2: Yeah. Well, we got away with it because, um, so my husband wanted to see Oppenheimer in the IMAX theater. And so they, he, because he had to work uh, yesterday up till like 6 p.m., they only had a 6 p.m. showing and a 10:30 showing, and mm-hmm. so we were like, "Okay, we can only do the 10:30 showing. It's a three-hour movie, so somebody's gonna have to watch Eleanor overnight." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, grandma I mean, time. It worked out. Grandma, or yeah, my daughter's grandma got to watch her for a little bit. We actually got an actual date night; like it was a whole thing. It was really nice. That's
1: awesome. The downfall is
2: we only got home at 2 a.m. So, <laughs>
1: yikes. Yeah. yeah. Good thing it's weekend.
2: Right, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: so nice. um, my week has been chaotic. My kids have been taking turns staying home from school. One had a fever at one point, one was coughing, one had a tummy ache, like just different various reasons why they would want to stay home and now, on Monday, one of them's going to stay home because she has a dentist appointment, so we're all over the map, but we're surviving. We're making it through. It's a plan to stay home this time. yes, exactly. it's not going to be a surprise. Somebody else needs to stay home today. <laughs> Okay, well, going back, we are talking about That 70 Show, Season 1, Episode 14, Stolen Car. Our director, as always, is David Trainer. The writer for this episode was Mark, I don't know how to say this last name, Hudis? Hudis? I don't know. I'm going I'm to go with Hudis. Mark Hudis. And our guest stars this time are Chip Heller as cop number one and Jim O'Doherty as cop number two. And this episode aired originally on January 24th, 1999.
2: We haven't even hit the millennium yet. I know. (laughs) We're still in the 90s. Which, has anyone actually watched that
0: 90s show yet? Yes. I have not. You watched it? Yes. No spoilers. Did you like it, though? I did. Okay. Maybe eventually on this podcast, we will watch
1: and discuss but we're not there yet but you liked it i did but i was also very gung-ho ready to watch this so when it became available through netflix i was i really wanted to watch it too we were trying to get our podcast to go out around
0: the same time and i can't remember what our delay was but it didn't end up syncing up i
2: think it was Ted. It was probably technical difficulties. Yeah. I'm sorry, I delayed speech on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was technical difficulties on that one, just because um, I think we were still learning a how to do um, not necessarily the speakers, but the microphones and the microphones
0: for sure, and the editing process and everything that and comes with it. And the software.
2: Yes. So we were trying. We had our like material ready, but then we were like up a creek and didn't know <laughs> didn't know how to paddle. We were we were knee deep in it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so I'm glad that you've um, watched it and that you liked it.
1: And have you watched it at all, Corinne?
2: I watched, like, the first three episodes, and then we got sidetracked with other things. Okay, so I'm the one that hasn't watched it yet.
1: So maybe take a time, maybe an episode a night, or if you can binge it sometime, because it's one of those you can probably binge mm. in a day's time if, if you're uninterrupted. But- Do we think that there's going to be another season I hope so. Okay. It left off like there should be. Okay. That's good news. Okay. I'm excited That's the to only that.
2: spoiler I'll give that way. I think a few months ago I heard rumblings that there was going to be a season two. I don't know if that's for sure, but I heard rumblings. So
0: what Netflix really likes to do, though, is get people interested and do like two or three seasons and then pull the rug out from under you. And cancel it. And I hate that. So I hope that they don't do that. If this show is good, I hope that they don't cancel it abruptly. Uh, back to <laughs> back to this episode, we are
2: starting in Point Place,
0: Wisconsin.
2: Our opening screen starts with Point Place, Wisconsin, January twenty first, nineteen ninety seven. Oh, no, not nineteen ninety seven. Two decades later. <laughs> Let me try that again. Point Place, Wisconsin, January twenty first, nineteen seventy seven. <laughs> Friday afternoon. Eric Foreman's driveway.
0: It is just occurring to me right now. Every time that we have a starting screen like this, I do a quick fact check to see if it really was the day of the week that they say that it was. And I didn't do that this time. What is wrong with me? I don't know if January 21st was really a Friday. It's because
2: school started. You've been busy.
0: (gasps) What is wrong with my brain? Okay. Mom brain. Mom
2: brain for sure. Herrick Hyde, Fez, and Kelso are huddled around the back of the Vista Cruiser outside the foreman's house. There's actually snow on the ground and everyone has their typical 70s winter gear on including bell bottoms and leather or plaid jackets. Kelso's hair is looking much less like a wig now so Ashton Kutcher's hair must have grown out to at this point in time. Yeah did you guys see that it's like not as fluffy as it normally is when he's wearing a wig but like the back
0: of his neck is starting to like come out a little bit. Like, kind of do the (laughs) skaterboard. Yes,
2: exactly. Just a little bit. I mean, I haven't been paying too much attention to Kelso's hair, so I can't
0: be a good judge of that. Yeah, it was so glaringly obvious in the first couple episodes when he was wearing a wig that I kind of was like, oh, this looks a little bit more natural.
2: Which, side note, I wonder what it must be like to be a wig maker in Hollywood. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Trying to make these things look good for these people. Right? And you're like, okay, is it matching enough to their, mm-hmm. their skin. <laughs> must be difficult. Okay. The back of the car has a tiny little scratch that's actually larger than Hyde's hand, but Hyde thinks that Red won't notice it. Because, you know, that's logical at this point, because Red won't notice it. Red never sees anything. <laughs> He's not knowing at all. <laughs> Kelso helps by offering to cover it up uh, with a bumper sticker, uh, and the boys all agree that they'll take the blame if Red sees it. Just then, Red comes outside to throw away the trash and instantly strains up and zeroes in on the scratch. All the boys bail on Eric, and Eric has to explain how he backed into the hydrant because Kelsey was giving him a purple nipple. Red takes away Eric's driving privileges until he learns some responsibility because responsible people don't go around getting their nipples twisted. <laughs> <laughs> I Keep love the that. <laughs> That's just like
0: things that you never think that you're going to say as a parent. Responsible people don't go around getting their nipples twisted.
2: Like I'm sure Red never thought the day would come. I mean, he was probably a teenage
1: boy though too, so at some point, but <laughs> still. He forgot what that was like. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, I really love how Red just instantly straightens up, like he could smell that something was wrong, and then, like, immediately turned around and directly zeroed in right on the scratch. Like, he was a bloodhound that was on the scent. And it reminded me of in the episode, I believe it's episode seven, The Keg, Mm -hmm. when he's sitting on the couch, and then he sits up, party. (laughs) No, not beer, but he knew they were getting to his beer, but but he goes, party, and, like, knew something was wrong. He's got, like, his spidey senses were tingling or something, and I love that about Red. The other thing that really bugged me about this is when I looked at the scratch color, didn't it look like it was a weird bluish color? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was really hung up on this. I was like, if it was a fire hydrant that he hit, why does it look blue? Or is it like a bluish gray? Was it supposed to be like he scratched the paint off of the Vista Cruiser and this is just the primer that we're seeing? But that doesn't make sense because later on we see that red is able to rub out the scratch and the paint is restored. So it has to be paint transfer from the hydrant to the car,
2: right? Do they have maybe different color hydrants back then?
0: I did some Googling (laughs) and I found out that there are different colors of hydrants and apparently the different colors can relate to the type of water that is coming out of the hydrant and also the flow of the water, like a low flow, high flow, the speed, whatever that comes out. I usually only see red or yellow. I don't know about you guys. I've seen like people like, decorate theirs or do, like, a decorative, um, print on it, like, red, white, and blue or, like, stars or things like that, but I've never really seen a blue one, but apparently they can have blue caps, depending. Oh. The, You'll learn something new every day. The more you know. Thank you.
2: <laughs> okay, and then my thing that I kind of honed in on this, uh, scene is, have you guys ever played Purple nurple in high school or had your guy friends play Purple nurple in high school?
0: Oh, so... I know I have not physically, <laughs> I've not had anybody attempted on me, thank goodness.
2: <laughs> I
0: mean, great. Can you imagine? Ow. Um, but I don't, I know that my friends would like mess with each other. I don't know that I specifically have like seen them call it that, but I'm sure that they have done it to each other. Only they would call it Titty Twister. That's what it purple was. Purple, purple. That's, I couldn't remember what it was called. Um, yeah. They had a name for it. They definitely would give each other
1: Titty Twisters. I don't know. Sherilyn, do you have any? I'm pretty sure a handful of my guy friends probably all honed in on the titty twister timeline. (laughs) I think my favorite there is uh, Eric trying to explain to Red what a (laughs)
0: purple nipple is. You twist it uh, until it becomes purple. Like,
2: I love it. So matter of fact. Oh, yeah. I was just going to, like, I just remember my guy friends in high school, seeing them do that occasionally. None of them tried it on any of the girls, thank goodness. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. They would no, have been no. punching. No, no. That would yeah. have been, like,
2: harassment status. <laughs> they would have been the arrest. Yes. <laughs> but I just remember the guys, like, just seeing them just do goofy stuff like that. I'm like, you guys are idiots. Yeah.
1: Absolutely idiots. <laughs> we now have Donna and Jackie that are hanging out in Eric's basement looking through a magazine together. And the only... Obviously, 70s outfit we see is on Jackie. She's wearing a long-sleeved red-collared shirt with a white patterned sweater vest, brown bell-bottoms, and a red wedge Mary Janes. Her hair is parted in the middle and curled with little blue clips on either side. Donna looks much more tomboyish next to her in a dark sweater with denim button-up over the top and black jeans. Jackie's judging Dorothy Hamill's st- uh, I think Hold on. we have, oh, go 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 yeah.
0: back go back go back. Okay, the clips that Jackie is wearing make me think that she's a little girl in this scene. I do not like those light blue clips with this red and brown ensemble that she's got going on, and also it looks very much like I'm a little girl from the '60s, like. I've got my hair pinned back on either side. I don't like this hairstyle. And
2: I think in this season in particular, they have been, like, really going hard on the little uh, girl Jackie image, essentially. Because, like, I think this has been our comment every single week is she looks a lot like a little girl. So I wonder in the next episode if they're going to, like, change her hair a little bit more. Oh, you mean, like, in the next season or the next episode itself? Next episode, uh, okay. because of the events that transpire in this episode. No Spoilers done 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 very very. Possible. i mean 20 plus years after i know back, right? so. <laughs> it's
0: probably out there we know <laughs> um yeah i I think i would agree with that but i something about it just it yeah it stands out with like the the little ringlets and everything mm-hmm. yeah
2: like the i get that the part of down the middle was the style then but that Our in 70s. combination with the barrettes like makes it a lot more like more exaggerated. Style-ish, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I feel like the hairstyling anyways could be more on the childish side. But those clips were popular. It wasn't just always to make right, somebody no, look younger. And like, it it
0: definitely was popular. Everything that she was wearing was popular. It did not go together, and together it made her look childish to yeah. me. I don't know why. Because it was like the clips didn't match the matureness of the rest of the outfit. We go forward. Jackie's judging... Dorothy Hamill's hair. Ding, 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 ding.
1: Mark it off your bingo cards. We have a reference to a 70s celebrity. When Donna brings up the topic of sex, and just as she does, Hyde, Eric, and Fez all come into the basement. Instantly, the boys know that they have just interrupted something and started asking questions. Of course, Hyde chimes in that they wouldn't talk about sex because it's dirty. Hyde tries stopping the conversation as Jackie brings up Kelso. He does not want to hear anything about Kelso in the bedroom. No, don't blame him. Not Kelso and Jackie, that's for sure. (laughs) Since the boys don't believe that Donna was having a good time, she leaves with Jackie to go to her house, Jackie's house. The boys try thinking of something or somewhere to go, but Hyde responds, too far, to everything. After they complain about having no car, Kelso walks in with a set of keys asking where they want to go. Eric instinctively asks if they just want to hang out. They all agree, and Kelso climbs over the couch to make himself at home. Okay, I love that he has borrowed a car from his cousin. Also, I don't know that I would ever just loan my car to my cousin,
0: but, eh, that's okay. I'm not Kelso's cousin. I don't know what their deal is. But Jackie calling out Dorothy Hamill for being a virgin because of her haircut, I was like, Jackie, you are also a virgin. Why are you judging her? It really bothered me. Also, I had to do some digging, so... The joke about Dorothy Hamill's hair, the reason that they have this in there is because her hair was cut short for the 1976 Olympics that she competed in as a figure skater. And this haircut that she had sparked a huge trend. It looks like a typical 70s haircut because it became a typical 70s haircut after she was seen in the Olympics with this haircut. Like that's where that trend started. And um, people started calling it the short and sassy bob. But it was, like, so feathered in the front and, like, parted down
2: the middle. I was like, oh, yeah. I think yuck. I've seen that one where it, like, kind of there's a fluff, And but it's kind of straight.
0: It's, like, fluffy here and, like, kind of comes out to the side. And then, mm-hmm. like, little tiny peaks on the back, but not really.
2: Mm-hmm. I-, I know exactly which one you're talking mm-hmm. about.
0: And it was it was kind of like a boy's version of a bowl cut, but in the 70s. Yeah. yeah and, like, yep. feathered. Yep. So, thanks, Dorothy Hamill. But that's why they snuck that joke in there about Dorothy Hamill's hair.
2: I just, A, I love that Tide was just, like, too far. And when Eric tried to uh, bring up another thing too far, like, not even just letting him make any other suggestions. We she could was like, walk I don't... to, nope,
1: not happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am fine right here in my chair. One thing
2: that I loved that um, I that Donna and Jackie were saying is, um, I think when they were discussing Dorothy Hamill, not Dorothy Hamill, whether or not, uh, we're was talking Dorothy about
0: Hamill? the no, girls no, was in high school. Yeah, yeah, they had brought up Dorothy Hamill. And then Donna said, speaking of sex, mm-hmm. and she was saying that the girls who seemed to do it all the time were more relaxed.
2: Okay. And that, I just wanted to bring that up because I know sometimes when it's been a while, um, I get a little bit cranky. Oh, do you? <laughs> okay. Yes. I have noticed this about myself. Interesting. <laughs> I've noticed it about my husband. <laughs> so I get it. So I a little, did a little Googling myself, because I just wanted to see if I was the only one that went through this, and um, apparently when I Googled it, I, can't, I um, came up with the response of, it's called bangry. When you're bang- <laughs> Angry because you need a bang. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who comes up with this stuff, but I approve. But like, <laughs> Sounds so, hormonal. I also, in the past, I saw this whole Facebook thread where it's like, okay... Wives, do you like get really irritated at your husband, like when you don't get some after a while? And there was a whole like thirty lists, like list of thirty different colloquialisms that like they came up with of like oh, like things.
0: names for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, do you remember any of them? I was trying to find it because there were some riots. <laughs> oh man.
2: Okay. I I hope that you find that and someday you'll me. have to, to see see share this. it. <laughs> I was actually trying to find it because they were so good. There was like. Some all of them reference sticks. So it yes, makes sense.
0: But I am forever now. Anytime that my husband is in a bad mood, I'm going to ask him if he's bangry Like Please I'm going to do it. <laughs> return
2: and report.
0: Okay. He'll be like, "What? I know. <laughs> he'll get. He'll get there. I'm sure he'll get there.
2: He'll appreciate it. I'm yes. gl- I'm guessing.
0: Thank you for this gift. Okay, in the next scene, we are in the Pinciottis kitchen, and Bob and Midge refer to each other as Snookums and Pookie in extremely nauseating baby voices. I could not stand it. Bob, though, is in a floral pattern color shirt in, like, this um, brownish color, and he has a burnt orange leisure suit on. And, like, everything about it reminded me of the things that he would wear to his... um, appliance story in the Christmas episode. I was like, oh, we're back in the leisure suit. Anyway, and now, and Midge is wearing a blue collared button-up that's tucked into her high-waisted jeans. Like, very high-waisted, very tucked in.
2: Which I kind of love, not gonna lie. After having a baby, having those high-waisted jeans, I love them, and I hate that they've kind of gone out of style again. Oh,
0: yeah. I came to appreciate them. I've never really loved them, but I did come to appreciate them, and now I'm very sad that low-waisted is coming back, because... <sighs> Your girls had five babies, like, oh, man.
2: They are not for people after 30, that's for
0: sure. (laughs) Anyway, so Midge asks Bob what kind of sandwiches he wants for dinner that night. Bob's kind of confused, though, because it's meatloaf night. And I was like, of course they have meatloaf night in the 70s. Like, that's in the regular rotation. My goodness. Anyway, Midge reminds Bob that she's taking a class at the community college in Kenosha. Ding, 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 ding. Mark it off your bingo cards. A Wisconsin city is mentioned. She says that she told him about it the week before. But of course, he has no memory of the conversation because it was while he was watching Beretta. And I said, ding, 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 ding. Mark it off your bingo cards. Another reference to a 70s show. So I've had three things marked off my bingo cards at this point. Oh, I forgot to mention I was using bingo card number five or six I can't remember one or the other but I didn't hit bingo I was really sad so hopefully you have more luck than I do if you play along. Anyway Midge clearly is needing a change because she says she's been telling him for months that she needs to expand her mind and Bob being the absolute charmer that he is he thinks that buying her jewelry will solve the problem After some back and forth about why she wants to go, Bob tries to put his foot down by telling her it's stupid and that he's the man of the house and he's saying that she's not going. And oh my goodness, I don't know if you guys, like my blood was boiling hearing that. Midge doesn't back down though. And she tells him he can't tell her what to do before storming out. And I said,
2: go Midge, you go girl. But like on a personal note, How many of you relate to Midge sometimes in those instances where it's like you tell your spouse something, not necessarily just wives, but like you tell your spouse something and then they act like they have no recollection of it. It's like, just because you weren't listening doesn't mean I didn't communicate this information to you. Yes.
0: Or I tried to get your attention and it's not my fault that you didn't hold the attention or retain the information. What? When did we talk about that? We've talked about this. I remember you were doing blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what? Mm hmm so frustrating.
2: I mean, part of that's ADHD. So I know that part. I know both of our
0: husbands (laughs) struggle with that a little bit. But still, if you've clearly communicated something to them, sometimes my husband is like, Oh, yeah, I remember you said that, but he'll have no idea, like when the plans were for or he'll forget like times or places, things like that. But Mm -hmm. still very frustrating. No,
2: yeah, it definitely is. That's why. I uh, am. So with my husband's ADHD, sometimes I feel like I've been I've had to be like, okay, look at me. Look at me. Eye contact. I'm doing this on this and this day. Do you need me to send you a reminder text? Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) At least you can put it in the calendar then. That's nice.
1: Do you feel like you struggle with this at all? Not to that degree, but maybe a slight degree. Like, I mean, I know we have our calendar in the kitchen. Like, if not digital, then it's like, hey, I'm going to write this down. Put it present for us. Like, so we can all see. But I don't know, then there's the okay, if this comes in, like I need to share this with you, and so it's sometimes me forgetting to tell him other things. Oh, but okay. then there's also him where things spring up and it's like, okay, can we do this? Can you do this? Like, yes, we can make this work. Like this the even the spur of the moment ones are like, okay, is it is it fair? <laughs> I like that you're thinking about like
0: being fair with each other. That's nice. I just think about like I told you this three times already. Why do you not listen when I'm telling you three times? My husband tries to be very good about it, but there are definitely things that fall through the cracks. No, I get it. I never watched Beretta, but I did some <laughs> I don't some even Googling. know what it is. <laughs> I did some Googling about it. Um, I can't tell you a synopsis, Sherilyn, because I didn't Google it that intensely, but I know that it has to do with a guy wearing lots of disguises. He's some sort of investigator. <laughs> But- so it kind of sounds
2: like MacGyver a little bit.
0: It kind of sounds like James Bond. Don't don't ask me specifics. I can't <laughs> say yes or no. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting. He has. At least three catchphrases that they mentioned when I Googled. I didn't copy the third one because I, I had never heard it. But two of them I had heard of. And one of them was, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Which is so cliche now at this point. I was like, oh, that's where That's I came where from. that came from, yeah. And then the other one was, you can take that to the bank. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I've heard that in so many, like, comedy sketches and things. And you can take
2: that to the bank. Well... For me, like the don't do the time if you can't do the correct. Other way. Switch that. Reverse (laughs) it. Reverse. Reverse. Anyway. (laughs) Um. Well, I was just going to say, I think that makes sense why we've heard it, at least from our mother, because she was raised in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And so that that's probably like a very generational thing where the kids that were in the 70s watching that with their parents, they probably used it on their
0: own kids. Oh, and our poor children are going to hear things from when we were growing up all the time. My, a thousand percent. My kids hear all kinds of phrases that they're like, what is that? In fact, today, what did I say? I quoted something from Monty Python. And then I said to my <laughs> kids, I was like, you guys have never seen that. And mm-hmm. then my husband was like... We should show them. And I said, we should fast forward a lot of inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, your kids are, some of your kids are a little young for some of the stuff. Yeah,
0: exactly. My son might get a kick out of it, but I don't want him to see parts of it. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. So getting back to the next scene, Red is outside in the driveway now, and he is staring intently at the back of the Vista Cruiser when Kitty comes from behind to join him. They both look pretty casual and didn't really stand out as like a 70s outfit. The only thing that kind of did was Kitty's wearing a turtleneck with sort of looser fabric around the neck. But the part that really stood out to me was the fact that she's wearing a necklace that hangs around the outside of the neck of the sweater and like on her front, which to me was like a very old fashioned move. That's kind of what it, it was giving me old fashioned vibes. She can't figure out what they're looking at on the Vista Cruiser until Red points out the quote-unquote scratch that he's now completely removed. Red is still upset about the scratch, though, and he's claiming it was a doozy, so Kitty sarcastically matches his attitude by asking if Eric was killed. Red blames Kitty for Eric's smart mouth and insists that driver safety is important. Kitty agrees, but goes back to the sarcasm by saying, when he gets home, they'll burn him with a cigarette.
2: Which I do love Kitty's sarcasm in this this I know.
0: She's so quick with it, too. She, like, doesn't put up with anything from Red. I love it.
2: Which, to be fair, like, I would probably say the same kind of crap, too, to to Red. Right? And, like, the
0: burning with a cigarette to me was, like, this is an old-fashioned punishment. This is something that they would joke about in the 70s. Because, unfortunately, that is a thing that people would do. So, like, she's doing it sarcastically. She's doing it as, like, this is an extreme that we, of course, wouldn't do. But... Again, it felt very old-fashioned punishment to me.
1: I I also just loved the fact that, like, she's being dramatic and, like, obvious, but it's between spouses. So it's, like, a safe place to be that kind of sarcastic. Mm -hmm. I did like that. But the first time I saw
0: this, I remember thinking, like, is this one of those things that they do in the show where they show one person's perspective and then the other person's perspective and they're totally different? Because when we see Eric and Red looking at the scratch, it's huge. Like, it's bigger than Hyde's hand, like I said. I mean, it's not, like, huge compared to the car, but it's a it's just a substantial, my goodness, scratch. But then when we see Kitty looking at it, she's like what scratch? And I was like, are, are they playing to the fact that this is actually really tiny and the other two are blowing it out of proportion? But then Red said, oh, I got most of it out. It was a doozy. And I'm like, okay, he's been working on this, but I thought they were trying to pull
1: that on us. Could have been more of a trading paint situation when he did run into it. Cause if it, if it's not like crushed in, like, you know, when you really scratch something, then it's barely there. Right. It was just paint transfer, I think. Yeah. Cause he
0: said he got it out with rubbing compound. So, But did either one of you ever lose driving privileges over something like this? A scratch or an accident or
1: anything else?
0: You guys had driving privileges?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, all i got to say to you two. I love it.
1: In in my history of driving, um, I can't say that I lost driving privileges, but I know that there were things that have happened. But we had to move on and get me to school and other people to school that it was just... Like, there's no stopping. You have to borrow a car or get this fixed. So what you're saying is you had several
0: incidents that we know of, and you still had to continue driving because you had younger sisters.
1: Yes. So you could not be punished. <laughs> yes. I mean,
2: she had to pay for it.
1: So like... That's true. I remember one incidents where, where I did have to borrow a car because I think one of ours were either being fixed or something was happening that, that caused us to... I think probably from an accident of mine, but probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, but then, yes. <laughs> but then other situations were just, okay, a little speeding, little ticket. We have to move on. Cause I have to get to school. My other classes, uh, uh, getting, driving people to high school. Moving along. We now
2: start the next scene in Jackie's bedroom and we're about to get one of the most iconic fantasy sequences of the show. We are hearing from Jackie at this point. This is her fantasy about her and Kelso. But we learn in this situation that they haven't done it before because she wants to plan out the whole thing for when they do it. The sequence opens on a tight, almost glamour shot of Jackie's face with her hair in loose ringlets around her face. And I don't remember, was the wind blowing her hair at all Not at, at point. this point? Not okay. at this point. Thank you. I was having a hard time recollecting. Uh, we also hear some cheesy harp music that's clearly from the 70s romance genre and comes on. And then we start to hear Jackie tell us she'll be wearing a very sexy Renoir. (laughs) I love that. And the camera pans out to Jackie sitting on her bed in a very 70s nightgown made out of lace and like an accordion style uh, folded satin. Yeah. I mm-hmm. ugh,
0: That type of fabric that's like pleated but like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of it over and over again.
2: The, at this point also Donna corrects her and says it's actually a pen war. And <laughs> we also see Jackie roller eyes in the fantasy because of Donna's comment. But I agree um, that, that that style was just a very 70s and then B it doesn't seem like very forgiving or very sexy just because it's not there's flattering. no shape.
0: yeah it's not flattering but she's like I'll be wearing a, wearing a very sexy peignoir and or she says Renoir but like the fact that she says it's sexy and then we see that I was like why are you wearing a blanket I'm like you're wearing a tent what are you
2: wearing it's something like our grandma would wear
0: thank you <laughs> I didn't want to say it but like that's what our grandma would say ooh this is cute and I'd be like. No. no grandma it's no not. it's not
2: <laughs> i mean tastes were different then so i'll give him that Very but different. No. no i think no,
1: it's no, just no. supposed to idolize the fact that it's nice and loose and easy to take off and easy access yeah, no, yeah still not great and i'm gonna
0: have more comments about that in future seasons because we're gonna see something else but yeah no was not was not feeling it but that's Jackie. I also like that they brought back the whole she mispronounces things because I don't remember if you guys, or I don't know if you guys remember from the first episode when she mispronounces um, Ted Rundgren's name. She calls him Ted Rund- Rundleman or something like that. Something like and I that. was like, of course, this would be Jackie saying things wrong.
2: We Did we already get to the Tad Nudejet?
0: No, that's coming up. I think that's in season two. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> that just reminded me of that too Mm -hmm. (laughs) but back to kind of the scene oh yeah when jackie rolls her eyes she also tells donna to stop ruining this (laughs) Uh, uh, fantasy jackie readjusts her nightgown and gazes off into the distance um voiceover jackie explains there will be candles everywhere and the camera pulls again to reveal lit candles surrounding jackie while fantasy jackie kind of weakly gestures to the candles in front of her I love that when she just like, and these are the candles next to me. Like, the way she just, like, moves her hand. <laughs> Voice over Jackie says, there will be a gigantic banner. And the camera immediately pulls out to reveal a banner above the bed that says, Jackie and Michael... Together forever. <laughs> two dash, together, four dash, ever. Like the numbers. <laughs> I was like, I look, stay classy. We're grown ups here, people. We are mature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, high school, so like that's when you would have you been using the two uh, and the four. Together forever. <laughs> uh, Boys over Jackie tells us that Michael will come in. In the fantasy, we see Kelso enter the room very dramatic in a pirate shirt with puffy sleeves. Which I'm watching Outlander right now, and it kind of seems like that. <laughs> <laughs> T- tangent on that. <laughs> um, buttons down the front, almost to his belly button, and a drawstring for the hem. A cheesy music swells and. As voiceover Jackie tells us the wind will be blowing, Kelso's hair does start whipping around dramatically. And I think also there was a spotlight on him. I think so. I think you're right. Like, mm-hmm. he was very well lit in this mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> like, and immediately immediately. lighting. just, Voice oh. <laughs> Voiceover Jackie tells us that they have the most magical night of their lives, while Kelso dramatically walks across the room to Jackie. And then poses, holding his chest and throwing his head back. Very dramatic. Which, when he walks across the room, I also noticed that the fan like kept on it him. It followed him, yes. <laughs> like, like, the wind will be blowing all across the room. There's <laughs> like, oh, if gosh. that was like a... It was very directional, it I kind of noticed. It was very
0: seventy soap opera. <laughs>
2: exactly. Oh, well, coming out of the fantasy, Donna asks Jackie why she is still waiting. Jackie wants it to be special. And Donna wonders how it cannot be special with a gigantic banner. Exactly so one thing I noticed this time around that I had
0: never seen before you can see Mila Kunis is trying not to laugh at Ashton's final pose at the end of the fantasy when he like grabs his chest and throws his head back she is like hold it together hold it together and I'm
2: sure they cut and she just started cracking up I didn't notice that but I wasn't looking forward to it I was just stuck on like the wind wind blowing (laughs) it was so dramatic (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, the
0: things that we think as young little girls that we think this is going to be so romantic. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) Back at the Foreman's, Midge and Kitty are talking about the woman warrior class that Midge will be taking. She says it's about fighting female stereotypes. But in the next breath, she points out how cute the professor is. Midge wants Kitty to come with her. But Kitty insists that she doesn't have the time. Midge asks how Kitty talked Red into letting her work, and Kitty explains with a smile the entire time that they went over their bills and realized that they were going to lose the house. And then laughs like it's a hilarious joke.
2: I was like, <laughs> with the very nasal,
1: <laughs> I know, we were going to lose the house.
2: <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Kitty. What
1: other choice did I have? Oh, But the way she's so chipper about everything. Well, it's more like, hi, married couple, kids... And here's Red working at the plant. We're only bringing in this much money. So, Red, how do you want to bring this much more money in? Me or you? I know. But, like, he gets cut back to part time. Yeah. We learned that in the beginning. So, it's not
0: exactly his fault. But, yeah, like, you got to do what you got to do. And it's so interesting to me how the times have, like, shifted, but still so similar. I want to know why Midge doesn't have a job. Well, Midge, well, because of Bob. Yeah. Bob is, like, not letting her go do anything. That's what she says. Like, how did you talk Red into letting you work. And so clearly, Bob is not letting her work. He just wants her to be at home. And so what's interesting is like, Midge is looking for something outside of just being a housewife, which many women want, like even in our time. But now, many women that want to stay home can't financially. Very much like Kitty at the time. Like this was the beginning of that, where Kitty had to go back to work because they couldn't afford the house. Where now it's like, it's really, really hard to have a stay-at-home parent because you can't afford anything at that point where you do have to work. And I don't know, that's one thing that I'm like, it definitely is mirroring the times back then, but it's much more prevalent now.
2: Mm -hmm. It's very uncommon to have actually a stay-at-home spouse, whether it's uh, male or female, just to have any stay-at-home spouse. Because nowadays, so many people have to do daycare. I'm Unfortunately, one of those people, luckily I have YouTube watching my daughter for me and like you uh, have been able to be stay at home parents, but mm-hmm. yeah. It's but just... it wasn't
0: that way for the first six years of my marriage. Like yeah. I was working, I was the working mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, be- me being at home right now is a miracle. And yeah, I, Sherilyn, you are lucky to be at home too. Yeah, but
2: <laughs>
0: there's, yeah, well, there's, the double there's and a double edged sword. There's like, a trade-off. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Your sanity is usually the trade-off with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is what it sounds like Midge is going through. Especially with them being so little. Well, mm-hmm. also, like, with Midge being, having a daughter that's 17, 16, 17, I mean, there was technically her younger sister that yeah, i have about. Yeah, that
0: disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but also, like, okay, so at 17, what is she doing during the day? Like, I understand that stay-at-home moms do stuff during the day, but, like, when they're teenagers, right. how much do you actually do during the day.
0: She's supposed to be cooking meals for Bob because he wants a hot meal and not sandwiches.
2: But it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, like yeah. have your
0: own let her let her time. go do something. Yes. Yeah, exactly. part time job. I think yeah, I think that the word the operative word there was let, let you work. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of is very revealing of Midge's situation.
1: Uh not just that. The times, the generation, mm-hmm. things are changing and Right, but like things specifically in her house. Yeah. But
0: you're right. Yeah, it's not just her house. She's representative of a lot of households at that time. Yeah.
1: The guys are riding around in Kessel's borrowed car. And Eric can't stop complaining about everything. The seat. Bez is touching him. He can't control the music. Hold on. Ding, 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 ding.
0: I marked this because um, the boys are playing with the radio. They're switching from one song to another. And the song that they switched to... If you were from the 70s, you'd be able to recognize it. I kind of Googled the lyrics and was able to find what the song is. So I was able to mark it off my bingo cards that there was a reference to 70s music because we could specifically hear the song that they were playing. And I'll actually tell you what it's called. It is called Highway Star by Deep Purple. And I had never once heard of either of those things before I had to Google for this podcast. But in case you're curious, it's from their
1: album Machine Head. And I'll give more details after you're done with the scene. After a quick driver safety ad, we see that the boys have gotten some fast food. One by one, they each ask Kelso questions regarding things they are finding in the car, wondering if it was really his cousin's car. The keychain, the statue. They instantly all know they are in trouble when the red lights are seen flashing behind them. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Siren comes on. Um... So the thing about the song is it was released in 1972. So by the time that this show was happening, 1977, the song would have been four and a half years old because of the time of the year it was released. And so that would be like us jamming to the song Bad Guy by Billie Eilish right now. That's like a four and a half year old song, four year old song. Um, I googled songs from 2019 to figure out what that would be. And I was like... Sad that I didn't know the majority of them because I'm such a mom and have to listen to kids songs all the time. But then I tried to listen to some of them and I was like, "Oh, my taste! I have old people taste because I hate all of these." <laughs> so, I was just gonna
1: say, "I don't even know what song you're talking about." Oh, you don't know the song? I'm a prob- oh, bad guy.
0: Duh. No, you don't know that song. It's a fantastic song. <gasps> it is a good one. I will say I hated all the other ones. I might was be like under a rock than I knew. Oh, I'm definitely under a rock. I didn't know most of them, but like I was like, okay, that would be like us jamming to that song.
2: See, I also drive to work every day and I have the radio on, so I, like I hear all the new music. So yeah. I'm a little ahead of you too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I laugh when I see the videos where it's like these young kids listening to seventies, eighties, early nineties type stuff, or even early two thousand stuff that. You and I would use to sing along with that. It's like, I could sit here and I could get all of them. But then I'm watching these kids and I'm thinking, who raced you?
2: <laughs>
1: like, how do you ever have been exposed to of these classics? Things. Yeah. Oh. Where it's like, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I was exposed to that. How, how were not you? Like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're or,
0: right. I mean, and Mom they're would like put lip syncing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they're sitting there lip syncing if they know it. And then they're just sitting there like, yeah, I've never heard this. Yeah, I try really hard to expose my kids to music
0: that we liked growing up, and like all things, all genres. Yeah. But right mom now, has, we're kind of stuck in yeah. like
2: kid music. I remember mom like had CDs back in the day yeah. of like Woo! songs of the decade. So like she made us like the, listen to the, the all 1980s the 1980s ones, mm-hmm. the Carpenters. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, and the Carpenters. But, That'll come back later this episode too. Also, like if we didn't listen, like music she didn't necessarily change it for us it's like you have this one this one or this one pick one Mm -hmm. yeah yeah she just listened to what she wanted to listen
0: to which is like that's fine does anybody want to tell a story about a time that they
1: were pulled over since the boys are now being pulled over uh i'll share one okay quick quick and easy uh it was one of the trips of i had to drop i think it was probably you off at school Angelique. okay and um Mm -mm. no was it you no, you were picking up Anjalee. Oh, wait. Do tell. No, I could have sworn. Was it around the curb? No. I, I was going to Westwood. I was driving to Westwood. I do remember that. And it happened, like, as I pulled into Westwood, I think. I think I, I got pulled over there. I was with you the there. Hour, I think so, because,
2: like... You were picking up Anjalee. I was with you. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I,
1: I don't remember full details or now because it's so long speed, ago. You were going nine I miles think I was over. going a little bit past thirty, just a little bit in a school zone. Here's the thing: well, it, it was going through that curb by that hospital. Oh, you were going nine over
2: the speed limit. I remember because I was in the car and I was like, and then we're like, just got pulled over with me. The and then, <laughs> then yeah, I had
1: to make my quick turn. I think I had to quickly make my left into the parking lot. Gotcha. It was just such, but it, it's just. I wasn't doing anything wrong
0: other than a little speeding. A little speeding. You know what? I made you clarify that a couple of times because I actually also got pulled over once in front of Westwood. Yes! I was going through the school zone. I had tried to hit my <laughs> brakes as quickly as I could because you know how like they have the sign that says 15 miles per yep. hour and you're School supposed to zone. go only 15 during that zone. Mm-hmm. I managed to get my speed down to like 21. So I was going oh. 6 over. <laughs> you were I was still going slow but like not slow enough. And I recognize that, okay? I tried to slow down. I didn't slow down quickly enough. It's my own fault. But I was oh, yeah, still completely. like I'm going so slow. <laughs> but the cop that parked in front of the school caught me and pulled me over and I'm like already late for school at this point. I'm stressed to the max. I had been like pulling an all nighter doing homework. I'd showed up for school with like no makeup on because I was trying to do it like in the car or whatever. And this car pulls me (laughs) over. I lose it. I legitimately start bawling, which is such a cliche for like the little blonde girl to be crying to the cop trying to get out of the ticket. I, I lost it. I was like, okay, I guess I'm getting a ticket. I'm like, he didn't, he didn't care. He just gave me the ticket because it was the end of the month and he had to reach his quota. And he's like, poor <laughs> little white girl is going to be crying. And anyway, yeah, I got my ticket and I deserved it, but it was a rough day.
2: <laughs> the only time I've been all pulled over that like I was actually driving is my, um, what is it? The registration had expired and it was like a year past expiration and I had not Oh my gosh. <laughs> how do you, how did you still have insurance? That was a long time. Like my insurance was. So oh yeah, good, that's right. It's only it's registration. The You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Sorry. god. Because it was like it had expired when my daughter was like three months old, and so it wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. Slipped your mind. And like also at the time they we had just moved, <laughs> and so like any kind of reminder from the, like the MDV wasn't sent to me being
0: mailed to your old address mm-hmm. oh
2: my so, gosh perfect storm yeah so i got pulled over and he's like you know your stuff is like i know I, I just i didn't know i'm sorry like i'll get take this taken care of and like i wasn't speeding or anything it uh, was just one they of those just wanted to let you know yeah so he's like um i'll let you off with the warning just go get it taken care of I was like okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> like if you only knew the whole thing oh you're lucky that that's all that happened though that was nice right? I mean, I try to be a good driver. Mm-hmm. Looking mm-hmm. at you two, because I wasn't able to drive since I till I was eighteen
1: because
2: Okay, that's fair.
0: I did
1: get hit twice. That was rough. What about you, Sherilyn? Mm, it was more of I did hit a parked car. There's a whole story. That's not for tonight. Sherilyn had a lot of incidents. Let's just, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but after uh, other than that, like a few speeding tickets, other things. People had hit my car while my car was parked on our street. That is yeah, true. By another, I don't know even what it was. Another car that was yellow because my car was red. And we only knew this because there was yellow on the um, your side mirror. Mm-hmm. like, And you could tell it was pushed transfer. in and there was some yellow transfer. Yeah. That's, and my door was dinged in. Like, I
2: remember.
0: Yeah. So now the boys have been arrested and they are waiting in a holding room or an interrogation room. We get a better look at their clothes here, uh, with Kelsa wearing what's sort of typical for him now, which is like a sweater with a weird stripey pattern that sort of blends. Eric's in a plain sweater, as always. Fez is sort of more dressed up in a collared sweater and a turtleneck underneath. He always kind of looks a little bit sharper than the other boys. (laughs) And Hyde is starting to look a little bit more like himself because he's wearing a black ACDC shirt. And I was like, okay, I'm seeing more Hyde now. Eric knows he's dead. He tells Kelso that because Kelso was one of seven kids, that his parents won't even notice that he's gone. Fez's parents aren't even in the country, and he assumes that Hyde's mom is one cell over. Hyde knows he'll be in trouble as soon as his mom is sober. (laughs) I was like, oh gosh. Fez assumes he'll be deported and that he'll be sent back to the beautiful island of just then. An officer walks in and Fez stops, so we don't get to hear what his island is called. But we know he's from an island. Yes. And I added that to our things we know about Fez tracking sheet. He's from a beautiful island of, question mark. Um, then the boys claim that Eric is their ringleader, and they're given one dime for the whole group to make a phone call. Also, was this the first time that we had learned that Kelso is one of seven kids? Yes. I was like, holy goodness. And I think we only ever meet one of his siblings throughout yep. the entire series. I think so. But one of seven. Wow. Each of the boys have a reason or excuse that they can't call home. Eric can't tell Red. Fez doesn't know his host family's phone number. And Hyde's mom has poker night. You know, assuming she's not in this the cell next door. They end up giving the dime to Kelso since his plan is to have Jackie's father, who is a lawyer, come and help them. And also Jackie has a checkbook. So again, they're trying to use Jackie for her money. This is like a recurring theme, I'm noticing. Once Jackie is on the phone, she seems to think that Kelso kidding because she starts talking about some books that she read about a mechanic that goes to jail. And that gives us another great little fantasy sequence with Michael in the jail and he's got wind blowing in his hair again dramatically. And I was like, they are milking this, this episode with Ashton. <laughs> I loved it. He assures her he's really in jail and she, okay, he assures her he's really in jail and she gets very concerned that he'll never get out. She says that as soon as he gets out, she'll prove her love to him and then has to yell to him to explain that that means that they're going to make love. She even adds a, you idiot, so lovingly at the end. He gets so distracted while she's talking that he forgets to ask Jackie for her father's help. And I said, ding, 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 ding. Kelso has a dumb moment. Mark it off your bingo cards, not only because he forgets to ask for help, but also because he didn't get what she meant by like, I'm going to prove my love to you and has to explain it to him. He sits down, happy as can be, and the boys have to explain how upset they are with him before Hyde punches him and Fez goes to attack him. Okay, this scene, there were so many things that bugged me. So, is this legal to have all the boys, all four boys, collectively get one call instead of them
1: each getting their own individual call? I don't think that's correct. I think everybody should have been given a dime because they are... Obviously, if they have their IDs or something, it would have, like, they all have different last names. Right. You have to assume that they are, you know. I think
2: we're operating under the pretext of nowadays, but back in the 70s, I don't know if that was necessarily a thing.
1: You're right. So I did a 70s fact check
0: because it was really (laughs) driving me nuts. So there's a couple of notes here.
2: All right. So you knew, but you were asking
0: the group. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't know if you guys thought that this was legal or not. I wanted to get your, like, thoughts on this because I still couldn't find out if they would be held together or not. It really bothered me that all four of the boys were in the same interrogation room. I was like, wouldn't they have put them each in their own separate room like separated them to get their own individual story so I wanted your guys's take on that because I couldn't find any information about that the other thing is I was thinking maybe they have them separated because they're minors and they can't be with the rest of the population so maybe for like lack of other rooms they kept them all in the same interrogation room but again Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to like run that by you guys because I couldn't get any information about that what do you guys think about that
1: I think you could be right and I also understand where it's like, yeah, they probably needed to be questioned separately to make sure they all had the right story about a stolen car and that's like that's what it was coming up as and but I can easily understand that yeah, if there were other people there in their cells and they are minors, yeah, maybe keep them Separate, separate. It from the other. Any thoughts? Yeah, I can I concur with what Sherilyn said. Maybe yeah. a two way mirror they could have been watching their conversation. The observation yeah, maybe. or something like Yeah, that. maybe.
0: So what I could find, though, is that the whole one phone call thing is definitely a Hollywood trope. So some of the information I found, I couldn't find, like, one definitive answer. But some of the information I found says you can make up to three calls so that you can inform, like, an employer. You can inform a loved one, like a spouse or parent or... Whoever you're living with. Yeah. And also you can call an attorney because you have the right to representation right then from the moment that you're in the jailhouse. I also found that if you're the caretaker of a minor, like if you have small children, you can get more phone calls, like maybe up to five so that you can facilitate like picking up kids from school or after school childcare, things like that, making sure that somebody is in charge of your kids which I thought was good instead of just one phone call and hope that that person, like, figures it all out for you. Because a lot of times people are like, if I get one phone call and that person doesn't answer, like, am I done? No, that's not the case. Again, I got kind of conflicting answers from different sources, but it seems to be the theme that, like, you get, like, three phone calls. Local phone calls would be free, which is why the cop emphasizes local phone call when he's talking to the (laughs) kid. Fez. Um, Right. I did read a court transcript of, like one specific case where they were talking about whether or not a long distance phone call would be free. And from what I could tell, it seems to be based on the area that you're in. So like different counties might have different rules regarding this, but I didn't look into it super detailed. So I could be completely wrong on that, but it seems like the long distance phone call would also be free. But again, it kind of depends on where you're calling from.
2: You really went into the weeds on
0: this one. I did. And I was so, because it was really bothering me that why would four minors get one single phone call between all of them? I was really bugged. Um, So each of those boys should get their own individual calls to call their own families. But there was one other thing I found. This is my last thing. I started reading a history of inmates' And phones, like how this all started, because there hasn't always been phones in history. So when did they start allowing privileges and things like that? So in 1976, there was some big scandal with phones and prisons. Apparently, um, inmates only used to be able to make one phone call every three months. And it had to be like facilitated by a prison staff member. So they had to like stand in a line. The staff member would do the dialing for you and then you would like hope that the person picked up and that was your one phone call for the whole 3 months. Then in the 70s, some prisons began loosening up to telephone access to inmates and added payphones into the area, right? Um so then in 1976, There was a scam that linked $100,000 of fraudulent calls back to the inmates in the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York City. Somehow they were scamming people out of money from behind prison. And there was a second smaller racket going on in California at the uh, Terminal Island Uh, california facility so after that there were much more strict regulations placed on the phone systems in prisons and they started like listening into certain phone calls and all these things not any um attorney phone calls though they are not allowed to listen in on those all of this getting back to the fact that those boys should have gotten more than one freaking phone call (laughs) 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 but i digress
2: Digress I might mean, be not the opposite word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Red and Kitty just have sat down to eat dinner, and Red is complaining that Eric isn't home yet. Kitty reminds him that he has to walk everywhere, so of course he's late. <laughs> Kitty asks Red why he's so hard on Eric. Red says it's because his father was so hard on him and to prepare him for the world because if you let your guard down for one second, it'll kick you in the ass.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Red says ass. Mark it off your bingo card.
2: <laughs> they agree that the world is hard and no skydiving for Eric. Over in the Pinciotti kitchen, Bob and Donna are eating their sandwich dinners. Bob's complaining about Midge has abandoned them to go to a class. Donna is defending Midge, reminding her dad that she didn't leave them. Bob is just upset that he's not having a hot meal. Donna jokes about microwaving his sandwich. Bob just doesn't understand why Midge is doing this because he's given her a great life. Donna tells her dad that the issue isn't about her life, it's about the Equal Rights Amendment and not being defined by a man. Bob shows his charm once again by offering to buy Donna some clothes.
0: this is a thing with him. Like, I'll just buy you something to get out of trouble.
2: Like, Mm -hmm. is this about clothes? I'll buy you some clothes. Yeah. Which, unfortunately... So, sorry, my own tangent in this one. Uh, Even today, I've seen, like, some women still define their, themselves by their relationship status or, like, by the spouse or whatnot. And unfortunately, we still haven't moved entirely past this. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you know who my husband is? He's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I low-key love sandwiches for dinner because it means that I don't have to make a big, fancy meal. Not every night, but, like, specifically last night, that's what I had for dinner. And my kids had cheese crisps, which, like, zero nutritional value. But it it got me out of cooking a meal for the night, so I was okay with it.
1: (laughs) The boys are complaining to Eric that he has to do something and they can't talk to cops because they get filled with rage. Eric is annoyed that he has to be the responsible one again but he mans up and knocks on the door and asks to speak to the cop Eric breaks down the moment the door is closed saying his dad's going to kill him ding 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 mark it off your bingo cards my dad's going to kill me the cop and Eric share a joke and Eric tries to tell the cop what happened the other cop walks up and actually confirms his story that it was a borrowed car they they hand the files over to Eric and then ask if Red is his father when Eric answers yes, they apologize and feel sorry for him. You poor bastard.
0: <laughs> you know it's bad when a grown adult says, oh, man. Like Isn't that what he said? You poor, you poor bastard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Eric returns to the room to tell the others the good news. They circle around him for a group hug. They all turn to leave and find that the door is locked. <laughs> I think it's just funny. It looks like a file of paperwork, which I think now is actually probably their personal belongings, their wallets, like in yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, probably all their they just personal handed it to, to him to hand mm-hmm. to their buddies. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I liked. I not liked. I'm confused why they weren't escorted out of there. Like a police officer didn't come and tell them they're free to go. They just expected
2: Eric to just get the boys and then leave. And that's kind of what my mind went to too. Was like. If they know the doors are going to lock behind them, because, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Nobody yeah. yeah. <laughs> should have been manning
0: the door. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And also these teenage boys are then just going to let themselves out, like wander through your station and find the exit. That seems a little odd, too. Um, the first time I watched this, though, when the police officer recognizes the form and last name, I was like, oh, great. Like, is Eric going to get in greater trouble because they know Red? Like, is the cop going to go report to Red? And then when he's just sympathetic for him, like, you have to grow up with this guy as your dad. Like, that was it was a nice little, okay, whew, it's not going to get worse. <laughs> Midge comes home after her class and finds Bob sitting in the kitchen waiting for her. He seems to have had a change of heart because he tells her that if the class made her happy... Then he's happy. She gets excited and starts to explain that it's only twice a week. But this seems to surprise Bob because he thought it was only a one-time class. So then when Midge tells him it will take 10 nights, he tries to tell her that she can't go back. And I was like, where was your change of heart, Bob? Like the fact that it's not just one night, now you're going to put your foot down again? No, 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 no. No backtracking here. Midge puts her foot down by saying that Aphrodite wouldn't take this and neither will she before stomping out of the room. And I think we all caught the mistake there because not only does she say Aphrodite, she says, Aphrodite, the goddess of war, wouldn't take this and (laughs) neither will I. Um, Little fact check here. Aphrodite was the goddess of love and Athena was the goddess of war. But nice try, Midge. Hey. A for effort.
2: Bob probably didn't know the difference either. (laughs) I'm sure he
0: didn't. He was like, who is this Aphrodite lady she's talking about?
2: (laughs) But also I loved in this scene that like they were saying, Oh, uh, female empowerment doesn't take one night. It takes ten nights. <laughs> I know,
0: really? Oh, that's much better. You can't learn total female empowerment in one night. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So now Eric comes home to find Red in the living room waiting for him. He tries to sneak away up the stairs, but Red calls him back. It seems like Eric is going to get another long lecture from Red. But Red kind of struggles to put together a sentence. And I love this. He's just kept, like, cutting himself off a few times. Like, I know I wasn't... <laughs> And then he, like, can't get the words out to apologize. And then he says, when I was a kid, maybe I came down. And then he just throws Eric the keys. Like, he gives up. Red asks Eric where he's been all day. And Eric answers, honestly, with prison. But Red clearly thinks he's joking because he just laughs. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. And then Eric is able to run upstairs without any lies and without any more trouble about it
2: i mean i'm glad he answered honestly right Like, <laughs> no
0: there i love it I, ju- I i also love that like red cannot put together the words i'm sorry or like not that he would have to necessarily say i'm sorry but like here you go you've earned this privilege back or like sorry this is on me for overreacting any of this all he can get out is maybe i came down and then he's done like he can't put it together
2: <laughs> Going into the next scene, Kelso starts, uh, Kelso shows up at Jackie's house and comes into her room. She's happy to see, uh, she's happy to see that he's out and he tells her that he was being beaten in jail by Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Kelso's ready to do this thing and shuts the door.
0: So romantic.
2: Let's do this thing. <laughs> Gosh. Jackie thinks it's going to be perfect. She doesn't even have her pen noir? Is that what you say it? Yeah. She doesn't, yeah, miss her pen, pen noir. Yeah. She doesn't miss her... Even Mister Penmore, the pirate shirt, or the wind, and he asks if she'll miss the banner. <laughs> I'm glad he, he knows <laughs> He's all about got the details. I know. <laughs> uh, she insists it's okay, and then gives the courtingest speech about giving herself to Kelso. While well, he awkwardly just stands there. But one more thing. Her parents are also at the store, so they'll be home in like, 15 minutes. <laughs> no pressure. We only have 15 minutes. Okay, oh, I'm gosh. glad, like, I wasn't the only one that caught on, like, the cringiest, most awkward speech by... Uh, oh, my gosh, it's painful. I was Ugh. like, oh, it. No, no grown adult should say that, but also not a child. Like, that's where I'm like, oh, that is... It's a very ick yeah all of it and he just stands there and stares
0: at her like he's not responding to it he doesn't like feed into it at all like i I kind of am like is he silently judging her because we all are like and like keep in mind she's
2: also 15 when she's making this speech i'm like no it added to the ick (sighs) for me i know not not a fan
0: um in jackie's room though i spied a couple of posters of bands that i recognized i didn't recognize all of them there was some guy that i'm sure was very famous he was cute but i didn't know who he was so i couldn't google him but the ones that i did see were donnie and marie i noticed that one our mom has taught us well with that one yep and then also the back of the door had the carpenter's poster on it and i was like
1: (laughs) oh i know them love that the boys and donna are back in eric's car with eric driving Eric seems to have a little bit of a power trip going on. He checks if they have pickles on their burgers. Yes, yes. (laughs) He is happy when they say they're cramped in the back and makes the decision for everyone that they're going to the movies, even though Hyde wants to go to the reservoir. Donna says she kind of wants to go to the reservoir, so he instantly changes his mind and says they're going to the reservoir. Yes, yes. yes." yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we know
0: who's really in charge there. And that's
2: the episode. So what did you guys think was the funniest moment? I mean, for me, my funniest moments were also the best quotes.
0: Mm, okay, so they're kind of intertwined. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine
2: kind of become that way too, but... Okay, so mine, it was kind of a tie.
0: Um, I really enjoyed Eric describing to Red what a purple nurple was. <laughs> and then also, Jackie's fantasy sequence. Like, the way that everything is
1: spelled out, and then, like, pans out to more, and pans out to more, and pans out to... I just, I love it. Mine was when uh, I have... I, I picked Kitty with her sarcasm with, uh, when Red is overly serious by the car and Kitty and Midge in the kitchen, she says, we paid the bills and realized we're going to lose the house. I know, just the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, my best quote slash funniest moment was also Kitty saying, you hold him down, I'll burn him with a cigarette.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> love it. Sherilyn, did you have a best quote? Um, I believe, I'm finding mine right now. We're going to make love, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay.
2: Then my other best quote was the one I mentioned earlier in the scene where it's like, female empowerment doesn't take uh, one night. night. It takes 10 nights. It takes 10
0: nights. I love it. I had three because you guys know me. I can't, I can't narrow it down. So um, when they're taught, when the boys are talking and somebody says, who would have thought Red would get upset? And Fez goes, I did. I have noticed he is a real hard ass. (laughs) Okay. I like that. Um, and then when they're in the car and they're talking about they don't think that this is kelso's cousin's car because it turns out to be you know mm. an old lady's car, um I love that he says people that burn stuff love God too hide <laughs> <laughs> or no, he says people that burn stuff believe in God too hide there it is, there you go. and then the third one was in the police station, Eric getting mad at everybody because he's the ringleader again and he goes you know when we were in my car and I was running the show I don't remember one single time we all got arrested
2: <laughs> oh man okay so last but not least most relatable moment for me mine was uh, kind of at the beginning of the, the episode where you're just talking with your girlfriends about like anything and everything I don't really you know talk sex stuff with my girlfriends <laughs> Just because we're all married, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, they know exactly who I'm talking about. Then it gets a little awkward, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but just talking with your girlfriends in general,
1: I like that. I would totally go with uh, understanding how Eric feels with being out his with being without the car, um, and the feeling that your social life improves with the car. Just because, yeah, when we like once I needed to have my car all the time, it there's a difference. Like it gets me to and from school, like. That's a different need. But then there was also before and after, like, like in the early years of high school, I had to get a ride with my cousin. Yeah. All the time. So I got to hang out with all of our friends. Well, they became my friends, too, that way and always be independent. I yeah. hated it. Cry me a
2: frickin river. I know. never <laughs> did get to drive. Know. Oh, man.
0: Mine was not getting to pick the music when you're in the backseat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Wah, wah, I hate wah. that feeling. Um, but, yeah, that was our episode, Stolen Car. Our next episode will be Season 1, Episode 15, That Wrestling Show. So make sure you tune in. Give us a rating or a review. Share with people if you like our podcast, please. It goes a long way. And we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.